I'm here, so. <laughs> I'm Shea Gooch Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have, I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like. <laughs> Howdy. I, I'm, a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 but. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Good. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava, this is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? I see that you are still a Garuba Goober. Still, still a Garuba Gooba. Didn't didn't get to see much of a much of Garuba last night, unfortunately. He must have been miffed and peeved. I mean, he could have really he could have helped them. They were getting out rebounded like crazy by Phoenix. That's that true. That's true. I was maybe the only person sitting at home thinking they really should try out Garuba here. <laughs> it, it was funny seeing uh, Sarich. Uh, just play as big of a role as he did. I mean, obviously Draymond's out, so it, he probably won't yeah. be playing twenty minutes a night. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just you know, because he just kind of like a throw in right. the Basley trade. Yep. Um, and uh, now he's on the Warriors under yeah. the under the big spotlights. It's a big spotlight. It's a big spotlight. They didn't look awesome last night. Uh. The Suns looked pretty good. I thought the I thought honestly, like the Lakers looked great, and the Nuggets looked unstoppable. <laughs> is is kind of like what I thought. I didn't think Phoenix or Booker was amazing. I didn't think the Warriors looked very good. Clay looked old. They looked like they couldn't grab a rebound to save their to save their life. Nurkic like actually looked pretty good for Phoenix, um, which is not a great sign for the Warriors. Uh, and then, yeah, I thought the Lakers were good. I thought the Lakers were actually like straight up good. But then, like the Nuggets were just like, no, like we're going to shut all of this down. Yeah, I mean the the D'Lo piece is still one of those things where it's like, are, is he really going to be the starting point guard for a LeBron team? Is this really? Are we going to stick with this? Because he, I mean, he probably fits better than Westbrook did with yeah. LA, just because he can shoot. Yeah, but. Man, when you when you think about LeBron, he is like one of the smartest basketball players we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And you even saw it last night. They had some of those mic'd up sessions with him. And on the flip side, uh, D'Lo, I would say, is not uh, not one of the smartest. You know, I, I don't know where he would rank, but he his decision making in comparison to LeBron, there's a large gap there. I just wonder. Because, you know, people have talked about in the past, like LeBron as a GM isn't like the greatest GM in the world. Mm -hmm. You have to imagine he was a part of the conversation to decide to get D'Lo. I I, kind of wondered, did they have a shot at Mike Conley? Like, could that have been (sighs) That would have been so much better. 
That would have been so much better. Yeah, I, I talked it's to a scout a... last year um, when I sat next to a scout during a game who said D'Angelo Russell is the dumbest player in the NBA. So Really? I yeah. mean, I just... He, he needs to... Be, like, the way he plays... He needs to be like in the Jordan Poole role with the Wizards this year. Like, I feel like that's the yeah. best version of D'Lo. Yeah, for sure. Because he's obviously ta- he has talent. Yeah, he's he's. I guess he's on the downside of his career. I mean, he still feels really young, even though he's probably not at this point. But yep. yeah, that's just like the one piece because you see everything that Austin Reeves did this summer, and there were multiple points during that game where it was just like. Man, it just doesn't feel like Austin Reeves is getting involved enough. Yeah. And he needs to be. And a yeah. lot of that was because of D'Lo. So I'm interested to see what they do with it. They obviously signed him to that contract. I don't know how movable it is as like a positive asset, but it is at least a number. Yeah. You can move it for sure. But yeah, as a positive asset, we're getting something better back or something comparable talent-wise. I mean, that's probably not going to happen. Is that, I can't remember. Is that D'Lo deal? Does that have a uh, team option on the second year, or is that just straight two years? I don't know. I'll look it up. I'll yeah. look it up real yeah. quick. I um, am it uh, is a is a player option. It's got a good agent. Yeah. It's got a good agent. Uh, I'm looking at the injury report tonight for Chicago and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, we have. Jay Will out, right hamstring strain. We have Kendrick Williams out, lower back spasms, like the old man he is. And that's it, which means will we see oh. for the first time ever the thin towers in Poku Chet tonight? Poku's healthy? He's not on the injury report. Did they forget him? <laughs> like like they just like forgot to put him on the team? No. Well, no, he's been I, he's been practicing from from he has? from okay. what I've heard, and he is apparently ready to go. I don't know if he plays tonight, just because he hadn't had like the same ramp up period. But I would not be shocked to see a Poku appearance tonight. Wow. Well, this is huge news for Poku because we were talking last week about how uh, big of an opportunity this, this could be with Kenrich and Jaywell out for him. And uh, he is he has healed up, and maybe he will seize the day. It's Poku Wouldn't time. Wouldn't that be nice? It's Poku time. Yeah, uh, Lonzo Ball is the only player listed for the for, for Chicago. Chicago. So, yeah, uh, Luca is questionable tonight with a calf strain against San Antonio. Jeez, that's not ideal. Uh, but yeah, any okay? Let's let's try to make some predictions for tonight against Chicago. So we obviously we know who the starting lineup is going to be. Who are going to be like the f- five to six players that we think are going to play off the bench tonight? It's actually not super difficult because we've got Jay Will and Kenrich out, who would definitely be two that would play. I would think. Yeah. But who who do you think are going to be the guys off the bench that that see a lot of burn? Um, it'll definitely be. Uh, Joe, Isaiah Joe, I think, yep. uh, Mitzich, yep, is gonna play. Um, I think Us is gonna play, okay, and I think Kaysen Wallace is gonna play, okay, that's four. I'm so at nine, four guards. <laughs> no, Us, Us, he's tall, sorry. 
Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oose. Oose. Um, and then for my fifth play, man, yeah, Mark's going to play like 15. Who cares? <laughs> 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 it's, it's, there's no point. But, I mean, let me look at, I want to look at what, how many players he played in last year's opening game. What would you guess That's it was? That's a good question. I would say 12. 12. Okay. So it was a opening night loss to Minnesota. Minnesota. Very good. Andy. Started Poku and Kenrich. That's right. He played uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He actually only played 13, and Isaiah Joe was only 11 seconds. So he really played 12 guys, um, and three of those were under 10 minutes. So it was, I mean, for Mark, that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty tight rotation there. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Well, maybe I am a little more interested in the rotation because I haven't said Wiggins. I haven't said Bertans. I haven't nope. said uh, Poku, obviously. No Poku. Um, Sar? Olivier Sar probably, I mean, you don't have to play him. This isn't the type of team that's like so big that you think, oh, yeah. Sar is definitely going to get Josh Smith in the chat says Sar, Poku, Chet, Jang, and Dub in a lineup. Are you excited to see that? Oh, in, in a single lineup? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me that. look at that a little bit more. Ooh, so Poku's the three. Poku's the three. Yeah. yeah. Sar five, the Chet two. four. Jang the two, <laughs> dub the one. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I won't be surprised by anything. Um, I mean, the only thing that would surprise me is if like someone like Isaiah Joe just didn't play at all. Or yeah. like if Mitsich didn't play at all, just because he got run in the preseason seemed like he was playing kind of an important role for mm-hmm. those bench units. Mm-hmm. So to see him go to DNP, that would kind of surprise me. Uh, but it's it's Mark, and he now has 18 players to play with. Mm-hmm. I guess it's more 16 with the, with the two injuries. But you know he's going to play all of them at some point. Yes, at some we're point. Gonna, we're going to see correct. Trey Mann at some point. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. I am glad that we are playing... Chicago first because I was thinking about my reverse league pass rankings last night while I was awake at 2.30 a.m. for some reason. <laughs> and uh, I think Chicago would be number one. Yeah. Like I will watch Bulls games this year it, when we ever we have the Bulls on Slam and Jam or when they play the Thunder, maybe when they play the Blazers. But uh, I won't be seeking them out. I'm, I'm not expecting to seek them out. You're just glad to get them out of the way is what you're saying. Well, I'm saying I'm going to be excited about opening night regardless. So, oh, okay. yeah, put a team that I'm not really thrilled for on opening night, and it's perfect. Get a Bulls game out of the way, but I'm still excited. Works out nicely. Yeah. It. Who Who's the player you're most excited to watch that's on the Bulls? Um, Honestly, it might be uh, Kobe White, just because yeah. I did pick him as a whatever i i don't remember the name of it on slam and jam because he did have a nice second half of the season yeah and now it looks like he's their starting point guard they are starting him yeah. i like him i think he's fun uh patch i know people like patrick williams i don't find him particularly thrilling to watch he's not he's not, um no but you know i mean zach i mean zach levine can get really hot zach levine yeah and uh, I'm, are I'm fun. A, yeah but I, i'm not i'm not seeking those guys out yeah. If I'm being honest. Yeah. If there's any other team on, I will probably watch that game <laughs> on a, on a, like an average league pass night. Yeah. Same. Yeah. The, their big problem is they just don't have any like exciting young players. 
Like, I mean, it's Patrick Williams, but yeah, but he's not excited. I mean, he's exciting in the sense that, like, oh, you could talk yourself into him as sure. like a trade target yeah. for the Thunder. Yeah, like I get it, but you watch him, and it's not like he's not blowing you away. Yeah, it, it's a roster that is built for today, that is in the middle, and is going to be in the middle until they decide to blow it up. Basically, yeah. Now, I, I do think. Uh, you know, we mentioned how good the offense has looked in the preseason, and then they play that that weird Pistons starting lineup that was pretty good defensively against yeah. them mm-hmm. um, in that that first quarter. The Bulls were a very good defensive team last year under Billy D. They were so. Uh, I, I mean, the difference is you have Kobe White starting now, who is an, an amazing defender. Yeah. So, but it, it could end up being a nice test for this Thunder offense that has looked at moments unstoppable just because they have so many options. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, talk about a tough defensive matchup for the Bulls. You're asking Kobe White, like, you know, he, he probably gets put on Giddy. I mean, who else are you going to put him on? Yeah, that's probably correct. And It's him or Dort. Yeah, it may be Dort just, just because Giddy's so big, but yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not ideal. It's funny, like they were the fifth best defense, but like how many they like Alex Crusoe, good defender, Javon Carter, good defender, Patrick Williams, good defender. That's that Billy D magic. Tory Craig. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> it's certainly not the other guys. It's just a bizarre team. Um, but th- the thing about it is, whenever your best players are Zach Levine, Vooch, and DeRozan. Those guys have played so many games. Those yeah, guys they, they definitely have so... a floor. They're like the ultimate floor team. Yeah, like they're going to be good. Like if the Thunder lost tonight to Chicago, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. Like this is not a bad team. This is a mediocre team that can get hot and they can beat teams. So I just, I would not be surprised if Chicago beat them tonight. I you know they're at home. They probably feel like they've got something to prove. I don't know. Like it wouldn't shock me if OKC lost tonight. It, I I think that OKC is a better team than they are, but I also would not be shocked if if OKC lost in like a close one tonight with DeRozan or somebody, you know, coming down the stretch making shots. Yeah, I think they should win though. I think they're going to be a better team in Chicago this season. Yeah, and they they sh- they should expect to win. I agree. I agree. I think they should expect to win as well. They all they had some really good health. A lot of people talk about other teams with good health, but Chicago, like Levine, Vooch, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, um, Levine, Kobe White, like all those guys played seventy four or more games. Dasunmu played a big role for them last year. They all played 74 to 82 games. Vooch and Patrick Williams played all 82 last year. Yeah, and Caruso was their guy who like missed a lot of time in quotes, but he still played 67 played games. 67 games, yeah. He he would have been he was eligible and he would be eligible this season for the MVP award. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he could win it. <laughs> he could. He yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to me. What they'll look like. I, I agree that that the Thunder are going to be better than Chicago this year, but 
on any given night. You don't know what's going to happen. And when you have two scores like the Veen and DeRozan, who could just get hot, you just, I don't know. You don't know. You you hope that and, and, the Thunder and can win. Certainly. It's also a Billy revenge game. It is. He's going to look at the other bench. He's going to see, like, if I had just decided to hold on for just a couple of years. I don't think I'm not sure that that was really on the table. But if I just Do you, do you think they would have kept him? I don't think so. Cuz I know they I mean they liked him. I think that they I think that they had um I think they had Mark circled for a while as somebody that they yeah. would want. It was it was really interesting um and I think I said this on Monday. No, I think I said this yesterday on a Dream Team show, but uh, Josh Eustis, who's on the Basketball Bud show on the Athletic NBA show, said that he and Mark Degnault came into the league together, and that he said that Mark is the best coach that he's ever had. Whenever he was an assistant for Billy, he said oh, like wow. he had he's never had a better coach in like his entire playing career, which I thought was really interesting. Because yeah. also like you look at like Mo Cheeks was on that staff and Monty Williams was on that staff with Billy. I mean, they had a yeah. stacked coaching tree there that Adrian Griffin was on there too. I mean, tons of guys, wow. Darko Ryakovich, yeah. all those guys were on. Oh man. All those guys were on that bench at some point, like within like that few years that, um, that Josh was with the team. And yeah. he s- still says that, um, he was his, be- the best coach that he's ever that he's ever had so uh well if you're wondering the post okc billy thunder matchup is currently tied at 3-3 i looked back mm. so tonight is the rubber match okay uh, best of set best of seven series this is it will, will billy uh succeed escaping the sinking ship i know that wasn't his quote but i'm going to attribute it to him yeah i'll have to have brett dawson ask um, ask Mark if he's ready for Game Seven tonight <laughs> of the Billy Bowl. This is the Billy Bowl. Come on, uh, but yeah, I thought that was really an interesting comment from Josh about Mark, and you wonder if just the Thunder were ready to move move on to Mark, anyways. Yeah, you know, after things just didn't go as you would have hoped for Billy in his fir- you know first few years in the league, but. You know, Billy wanted to go to a team that's going to be better, and the Thunder are now at the point where they're passing Chicago. You know, Chicago's just like staying steady, and the Thunder are going to pass them, um, and rather quickly, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting match. It's not an interesting matchup, actually. I, I'm not interested that much in the matchup, but I'm interested to see what the Thunder do and like what their rotations look like, how they mix and match guys. Shea will play the whole first quarter. I mean, that's just kind of how it's been with the Thunder. And then I'm really curious to see when the second quarter rolls around, who is taking the offense? You know, is it going to be Vava? Is it going to be J-Dub? Is it going to be Giddy? And not necessarily, I mean, those three could be on the court together. And, you know, it doesn't really matter who like has the the reins of the offense, but I'm just curious to see what does the offense look like without Shea out there, and then also what does it look like with Shea out there because we haven't really seen it yet. We've seen him play with those guys, but we haven't really seen what it's supposed to look like yet. That's that's what I thought was so interesting about the preseason 
uh, and, and you even see it in those quotes, which got, got attributed to you. Why was that attributed to you? It shouldn't have been attributed to me. The I quote just, about like Mike, the Michael Jordan. He thing. said Michael Jordan. He was talking, yeah, talking about playing off ball. It got attributed to me because I put the video. I just cut the video. Like I waited a couple days. Oh, okay. I I waited a couple days because it was it. I, it went in a story on the Salad Crowd today for Brett Dawson's yeah. piece. Brett Dawson was the one who asked it. I waited like a couple days and then cut the video and then just put it on Twitter yesterday. Um, just because okay. I hadn't seen anybody cut the video yet. And so I was like, oh, well, this is a great quote. And I cut it and put it on Twitter. And then some, like, then, like, NBA Central and, like, Bleacher Report and everybody just, like, <laughs> pick it up. And I was like, I just cut the video. Like, I've, I've been too busy to make it a practice. Um, so, anyways. But 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 I was going to say that, that that quote was kind of like symbolic of the preseason vibe around Shea right now. Yeah. Just as, you For know, sure. being very willing to play off ball. Um, even before he said that quote, like you could see it in preseason. He's just not taking as many shots. He's t- taking more uh, catch and shoot threes. So you're just kind of wondering, like, is that really how he's going to play or night one? Are we going to see the Shea we saw from last year where when he's on the court, you know, he, he is kind of directing things. He obviously still moves around, but, but what we saw in preseason felt different than what we saw last season. Yeah. With many of the same players other than Chet. Yeah. I mean, in preseason, there were 12 guys that took more shots than Shea the entire preseason. And in fact, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was one shot away from taking the exact same amount of shots that Shea Whoa! did in the preseason. Um, shout out Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Hope you get a job here soon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he we, we have not seen what this Thunder team looks like. I mean, Bertans, Kaysen, Wiggs, uh, Lindy, Vava, Joe, Trayman, Dort, Jang, Chet, Giddy, J-Dub all took more shots than Shea. So we haven't seen what this looks like. We just haven't. So, and as someone who drafted Shea in my fantasy basketball league, of which you are also a member, yep. Uh, I kind of want. I kind of want last year's Shea. Yeah, you need last year's Shea to be the something like, closer to that. The true number one guy. Do I you, mean, he could theoretically be more efficient, yeah. playing a little bit more off ball. That's not out of the question, no. but. If he's playing off ball more, you do wonder if that affects like his free throw attempts because he's just not driving as much. I mean, the way he was driving these last couple seasons, it wasn't just like it, he was doing it a lot. He was leading the league year after year after year. Yeah, like historic. Is that going to be the numbers. case again? Yeah, yeah, it's... it might not be, and so we might see the free throw attempts come down possibly, but mm-hmm. maybe that's counterbalanced with him taking a f- couple more threes, which mm-hmm. would definitely help. Mm-hmm. I mean, he averaged thirty-one a game last year. Do you, do you yeah. think he will be over or under 30? I I almost feel like he has to be under 30. I would kind of be surprised if he was over 30. Like, where are the concessions coming from on the rest of the roster? Because if we go through the roster and we're even being conservative with some of the other guys, it feels like it just, you can't get to 30 for Shea. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, you look at the field goal attempts per game last season. It was Shea at 20 field goal attempts, Giddy at 14.7, Dort at 11.8, J-Dub 10.6. Then everybody else is seven or below. Go to, go to uh, I'll do it. 
I don't need to give you tasks to do, but uh, <laughs> I was going to look break? at a, huh? I was going to look at J Dub post All Star break. Yeah, post All Star break, Dub took, let's see, twelve point nine, and Giddy was fifteen point four. Okay, I mean the the nice thing about specifically J Dub and Chet is they can be hyper efficient on you know ten to twelve shots, so. It's not like you're having a guy come in like uh like 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 Paulo, like a very good player, but he he takes a lot more shots mm-hmm. than either of those guys are going to take. Mm-hmm. Um so so maybe Shea could maintain. That would that would be if Shea maintains that and he's as good as he was last year and then you have these hyper efficient guys. I mean, that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah, and Shea was up to 21.1 after the All-Star break. Too. Wow. So I don't know. I am so curious to see what the shot distribution looks like through like got to give us like 12 games. You know, we won't know much after tonight because it's so matchup dependent, but if you give the team like 12 to 20 games to figure out it, I'm curious what it looks like. Um what about Lou Dort? He took 12 after the All-Star break, 12 per game, over mm. under nine and a half for Dort this season. Over under nine and a half. I mean, my I would say both my heart and my head wants to say under. Yeah. Um, because I don't really want him taking more than that. Yeah. And I don't really think he should take more than that. Yeah. I think that would be fine mm-hmm. if he's taking like eight shots a night. Yeah, and like twelve and a half is like twelve, like twelve point. What was it at after the All Star break? Twelve point three is still. Like he, I think one year he took seventeen shots a game. Uh, yeah, we, we've he's slowly been reined in. Yeah, they're reining him in some, and I think with the addition of Chet and the improvement of J Dub and Giddy, it just makes sense for it to to fade, and also for a majority of his shots to come from the corners. And I, then I think Did- then I think he can be a more efficient player and just a more helpful player overall. Well, did you uh, did you watch the uh, Thinking Basketball video? I haven't, that I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's like on my list of things I need to do. Uh, if, if you haven't watched it yet, go to YouTube, Thinking Basketball. They did a short eight-minute video about how the Thunder are changing the pick and roll offensively. And, and, and the focus of that is just how many small, small pick and rolls they will do. Yeah. Of course, small in this case could be someone like Giddy, who's 6'9 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But having your guard, having guard, guard, pick and rolls. And they focus in on the movement of Isaiah Joe and how him being in the paint and then shooting out to the, he's not involved in the pick and roll, but him shooting out to the three-point line kind of drags the big out or whoever is guarding him in the paint. But in a lot of those clips, you see Dort in the corner. He's in the corner of like almost all of these pick and roll clips. And I don't even know if there were a ton of shots for him in the clips that they they picked. But man, you could definitely see him getting some wide open threes when they have their main guys on the court because of those pick and rolls. You just park him in the corner. Like I know that's not ideal in the sense that we think of this offense as being like everyone's moving and doing things. Some wide open threes in the corner of the season because you just have to pay attention to everyone else not just because they're super talented, but because these guard-guard pick-and-rolls are just really difficult to defend. Yeah. 
Yeah, and now you have Chet in the mix, which makes it so much yeah. more difficult. And Chet can be the ball handler in a pick and roll. We saw that in the preseason where he can be screened for. And then, like, what do you do? Because he can make cross-court passes on like and on target to people. That, to me, is is probably the most underrated thing about Chet because I think people just think about him as, like, pick and pop, pick and roll, whatever. But his handle looks better, and he's a good passer. And so there will be Shea, Chet, pick and rolls. That is Shea screening. And then if you are the defender on that, what do you do? Like, what are the, what decision do you make? Like, are we just going to, like, stick with Chet? We've got to pay attention to SGA. Like, we need help here. And then, like, the corners and, like, the, you know, weak side are going to be completely open, I think. And that's yeah, because like most Chet nights, is the handler. Like, if a, if a team switches that, then Chet's going to have – at least a foot advantage over whoever Shea's defender was. So he's yes. probably just going to take the three. Otherwise you're like asking some big to fight through a screen. Yeah. And like, or you dish I, I it out to, Sh- or you like lot, you dish know. out to Shea who pops out, who can then just immediately turn the gas on and get to the hoop and just yeah. jet past whoever it is. So, I mean, it's going to be so interesting and I, and I'm really thankful that it is Mark who is going to start orchestrating this stuff. Cause I do think he's really creative and likes to think out of the box. And this is like the ultimate, like the ultimate team to just kind of play around with when it comes to how can we use these guys? Because they're, they're all so unusual. How do we use them? And what, in what ways can we use them that just allows the team to just be so strange? And this is like all, all the reason why you want to play Chet at the five and not as like a as a four with a traditional five next to him, because you want that lane to be wide open when Chet's the one setting the screen. You don't want a Clint Capella type just sitting there, clogging up the lane. If the actual big has to be pulled from the hoop, and that's the guy who has to defend, that makes the de- the defense's life so difficult, and that's where things can get really unlocked. And then obviously in transition to like you just rather have a smaller lineup that runs fast and they want to play fast and they want Chet to handle and they want things to just be strange. And I think they're going to be. I think that this this team and this lineup is fit to give teams matchup nightmares. And like this is only our first year. This is this is literally tonight is the first game that we actually get to see it. You know, we've seen it some of the preseason. We've seen in flashes what they could be like. We haven't seen what they're like yet, and it's very exciting. And so exciting that like all the national media, I think, is higher on the Thunder than any of us are <laughs> at this point. Well, what you just mentioned about Chet at the five, like that's one reason why if if Poku really did come back yeah. and was and was good and you know, be a little more beefy, if he can play a little more beefy, he is kind of like a perfect big pairing with chet theoretically this is because my ears poku would allow you because poku has played a lot of center yeah. the problem is that poku played a lot of center with small guys next to him yep where he's kind of being asked to be the main rim protector which is not like really what he's good at i mean he, he's better than some of the other guys on the team but if you have chet now as a weak side blocker like 
it could potentially work with those two. And then on offense, you don't have that issue that you just talked about because our guy Poku shot like whatever he shot from three last year. 37, 38%. 36 and a half. 36, okay. We're rounding up today. Yeah, we'll round up. First day of the season. We'll round up up for Poku. 37. Are you saying sit, sit Dort, start Poku? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... When it comes to the idea of a big, big pairing, yeah, it's one of the reasons why I was getting like mildly excited about the Sar Chet pairing. Yeah, not necessarily because of Sar himself, but just because there is a mold of a big, a guy who is seven foot tall that does work with Chet, and you don't have to give up any of those things. Yeah, and Sar kind of theoretically works, and Poku theoretically works. Now that's it was a big jump from them theoretically working to it actually working. Like they have to do a lot to make that work. But it is definitely the reason why I want to see it. Yeah. It's why it's why I am excited that he is not on the injury report. And maybe we do get some of those big, big lineups. Uh, it, even if it just starts off in some of these uh like uh Mitsich, you know, bench units. Yeah. Got the Serbian connection great. out there. It'd be great. Let, let's let's just see. It'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, let's take a quick break. We come back. We will continue to just overhype the the Chet Poku lineup. We'll be right back. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back after that quick break. Al, you've listened to the podcast, you've read the articles, you've seen the tweets. How are you feeling about the way that people outside of the Thunder community are are like talking about this team? Um, I, I have found more haters over the last week, so that has made me feel okay. better. It's kind of balanced things out Anybody a little specifically? bit. Um, I mean, you know, Hollinger was the, the first one when we appreciate yeah. what he did. Yeah, thank you, um, John Hollinger, need, for your sacrifice. We need more people to balance this out. Yes. Um, a, a lot of the, like, uh, predictive models are not high on the Thunder at all. Yeah. Uh, the one for like basketball index had them winning 33 and a half games or something like yeah. had them way down. Yeah. These predictive models, what they do is they take into account like past seasons is why. 
Yeah, not just past season, but like they they wait like age. Yeah, really heavily. And even though the Thunder were good last year as a young team, that was kind of a that was an anomaly compared to most young teams. Yeah, yeah, especially the youngest team in the league. Yeah, so so I understand why a model a predictive model like that wouldn't rank the Thunder highly. mm -hmm. Um, But I appreciate them. I appreciate yeah. them a lot. It's it's nice. Yeah, it is. It is probably the nerd community uh, for the most part. That it is, is lower on. The it thunder. is. Yeah, people who rely heavily on stats have been lower on the Thunder overall, and people who are into vibes, uh, <laughs> people who uh, believe their eyes, you know, trust their eyes. Yep, they've been they've been higher. I saw uh, Mike Prada. He did his. Uh, you know, guesses. Yep. And he had the, th- I think they had the Thunder like third. Third in the West, third. 50 wins. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit much yeah. from Mike. I like, and Mike I, I like Mike. I like, I really trust Mike. I think he's like really smart. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like, I think it all makes sense. I, th- I, I think the, I think saying like 50 wins or, or even saying, Home court advantage, like I understand why people are saying it. Yeah. If it all comes together, it absolutely could be that. It's just so hard to make that jump. Like for me, a successful season, I heard you talking about this with Michele, like what is a successful season? Mm-hmm. For me, it's making the playoffs. And I don't care how they do it. Yeah. If it's through the play in, that's great. Mm-hmm. The playoffs, getting a seven round or seven round series. Seven round series. <laughs> seven seven round. games, seven rounds, 49 <laughs> games total. If they just got a seven game series against anyone i think for where this team is that is like a huge success yeah and anything less than that i will be disappointed um yes. now if they got the seventh seed and they lost two consecutive home <laughs> play-in games like yes that would be very disappointing still probably should be seen as a good season depending on who they lost to sure but in terms of success like the bar for me is playoffs. And, and this comes back to the Shea conversation as well, because a lot of people are ranking Shea really high. Really high. And totally get it. At the same time, like he has to make the playoffs. Like you can't be a top eight player in the NBA and your team's in the lottery. Yeah. W- when you're getting this level of hype behind you it's going true. into the season. Like, it's true. like for Shea's status in the league, he needs to make the playoffs. I know some Thunder fans like want to rank him ahead of Booker. Like Booker has accomplished so much more in the league thus far, and he's obviously an older player. But like Shea has to make that first step where he is making the playoffs as the undisputed best player on the team. I know he made the playoffs in the CP3 year, but like this is Shea's team now. He is the star. He is the ambassador for this team, and he has to make the playoffs to live up to some of these these preseason rankings. Make make the playoffs and play well in the playoffs like he's yeah like, true yeah you can yeah, if you're a top eight player in the league top yeah. eight yeah you, yeah you've got to arrive those, in the playoffs and then score 30 a game and, and those expectations should be there yeah like, like that is what you should need to do yeah that's that's how you i mean you can hang you can only hang on to a top 10 spot for so long without making appearances in the playoffs and making significant appearances in the playoffs before things start, before people just start to sour on like, the yeah, in a league where more than half the teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Like you have to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at Dallas and look at Luca. I mean, 
two years ago, it's like, oh my gosh, Luca. He's like the number. Is he the number? Is he the best player in the league? Is he going to be the best player in the league forever? You know, he's so young. He's this. He's that. It's so great. You know, he has some postseason success. They made the Western Conference Finals. Was it two years ago? And then now, because they've fallen off for the for the past two, it's like, oh, well, is Luca even that good? Do you even want him? Is he the kind of player that you want? Does he move off ball enough? You know, it's it's funny, like that quote from Shea from Sunday. We're getting like a lot of Luca and like Trey Young comments from people, like, oh, like Luca and Trey Young need to watch this. Luca and Trey Young need to be like this, you know. And yeah. you know the way that Shea's talking, if it all pans out, will lead to more winning. It's just we've you can talk all you want. We just need to see what it looks like, and not that Shea hasn't done that. He has done that throughout his career, has been willing to move off ball. It's why he and Giddy actually worked really well last year together. Now you're adding somebody else in the mix in Chet Holmgren who needs a lot of possessions. It's it's an interesting dilemma that the Thunder have with regards to sharing the basketball when you have... I mean, no one's no one doesn't want to have the core four that we have. But the truth is it, it will take sacrifice from them to reach their ceiling like from all four of them in order for them to reach their ceiling and i'm just really curious how what that looks like how it works offensively how it works defensively all of them have to work really hard defensively and i'm i am just so excited to watch how it unfolds well it's really interesting that shay luca comparison because you know the talk for the la- nationally for the last couple of years is like they got to get people around Shea. Like you're wasting his his prime or whatever. Yeah. Well, now like Shea's supporting cast nationally is seen so much better than Dallas's supporting cast. Oh. So it's almost like if yeah. Luca fails again, once again he, he won't necessarily. I mean, he'll get a little flack, but it'll be broadly seen as like this is a failure of Dallas. Luca's going to ask out. Like that's where the conversation will go. That's true. Whereas with Shea, like at this point, it feels like most people nationally feels like he does have the supporting cast that he would need to be successful in this league. Mm-hmm. So that excuse has kind of dried up. And furthermore, like people see the Thunder organization now as like one of the best organizations in the league. I mean, ESPN did their future rankings and had them as like the first or second best uh, like GM front office. Mm-hmm. Um, and compare that to Dallas where everyone's just kind of been down on them for a while, whether it's Mark Cuban or Nico Harrison, like whoever it is, just like that whole Dallas uh, environment. Mm -hmm. Everyone's pretty down on it right now. So it is a really interesting comparison because I do think some of the shine has, has fallen off Luca a little bit, but I think people are more willing to forgive him just because of the Dallas situation Whereas if the Thunder don't make the playoffs this year, I, I don't think people are going to be as willing to forgive Shea because now it seem now it's looking like oh he's in this perfect situation. Yeah, like what more could you ask for if yeah. you were Shea? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like you look at at Dallas, like what's where is their ceiling? Like where does their ceiling lie? It's obviously within Luca, but then like they need Jaden Hardy to be good. They need like Omax Prosper to be good, but he just kind of profiles as a Dorian Finney Smith kind of player if everything works out really well. Uh, Derek Lively, 
you know, who is a traditional type big, who's not, doesn't seem, I mean, he, if everything is awesome, he's like Time Lord or something, you know, who's a really good player, but is like, like those, it's just interesting. They just don't have anybody that is like this, like really high upside can really take the reins. I, I just don't trust Kyrie Irving as an NBA player. I mean, he's in year 12. I just don't trust him. Yeah, and like, like Josh Green is the guy that people are excited about, and apparently he's not even going to be in the starting lineup. Yeah, it's bizarre. That's bizarre. And then you just have like this, like Grant Williams is good, but role player. Uh, they brought Dante Exum back over. I hope that works out. Like Markeith Morris is on this team. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Man, there, was, there were a couple guys last night watching those games where it, I knew they were on the team, but like, Watching that Suns game, they kept cutting to Frank Vogel. Yeah. And my first thought every time was, what, what's Frank Vogel doing? <laughs> Wait, how did he get why, why is Why is he watching this game? <laughs> uh, the, the, but, and then in the first game, I forget who it was, seeing them and just kind of forgetting and then realizing that they were on the team. Um, there, there are, there's a lot of those guys. Even even like, we know that you know KCP is on the Nuggets, but he's somebody that just wasn't talked about all summer. It was like, oh, Bruce Brown's gone. Bruce Brown, what are you going to do? Oh, Bruce Brown. Like, they still have oh, Davis Caldwell-Pope. It was, it was like, Cam Reddish. Yeah, I had yeah. just completely forgotten that Cam Reddish was on the Lakers. And the fact that I forgot <sighs> about it and that he also was playing he in played, game like, one. Like he actually I was played. like, whoa, this is shocking. Yeah, he actually played. Yeah, that was bizarre. That was bizarre. That, their bench is, is quite interesting with like littered with like former lottery guys with Rui and Reddish and Jackson Hayes and those guys were just like, oh, yeah, hey, I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> I like Rui. I think Rui's a good player, but the other guys, like, what what's going on here? You know, with Jackson Hayes and Reddish and Christian Wood and, and those guys, I'm just like, what are we, what are we really doing here? You know, like, I don't, I don't know. Also, an awful lot of Reggie Jackson last night, which didn't hurt the Nuggets, but still you know that's that's something that's happening big time yeah i mean when he plays well which he did last night yeah he was good last their night. their bench makes sense yeah if if he reverts to old reggie then yeah. it, it starts looking a little thinner because you are asking a lot of guys like zeke naji and peyton watson even though they're only playing like 10 11 minutes per night i mean they're they're playing in game one. Jokic is playing thirty six minutes. KCP thirty six minutes. Aaron Gordon thirty five. Jamal Murray thirty five. Mm-hmm. Like over the course of eighty two game season, you hope to get those guys down a little bit. Um, and maybe Julian Strother will be that guy because he looks so good in preseason, even mm-hmm. though he didn't play last night. I didn't play it all last night. Yeah, but yeah, for one night, like their new guys playing roles on the bench, it was fine. It worked out. But I. I don't know that that's a guarantee that it's going to be that way the entire season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh any matchups tonight? Obviously we have the the Wimby versus the Mavs, which is yeah, very that's exciting. Juicy. That's a juicy one. Uh, I will be going to my friend's house at 7:30 nice. to watch uh the Portland Clippers game. Okay. That's something that's uh, happening too. Slam, slam, slam and jam. We got Scoot versus Russ. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's something. All right. Uh, Pelicans uh, I mean, Grizzlies honestly, I, is a little interesting, but I could talk myself into any of these games. I mean, Kings Utah, uh, Kings, Pelicans Utah Memphis. Yeah. Man, Memphis. Boy, what are they gonna do? 
I don't know. I, mean, I, I think I, think I feel I feel genuinely bad. Yeah. Because last year it felt like, okay, all this bad stuff happened, but we're going to get through it. We're going to come back healthy next year. Then you get mm-hmm. the twenty-five game suspension. Brandon Clark's obviously still out, and now you lose Steve-O again for the full season. And now Santi Aldama is out with an ankle injury. So you're asking a lot of Xavier Tillman, who was like solid in his minutes, but you you weren't expecting to have to do an entire season again. Yeah. We were asking that much. Of Not a Xavier night Tillman. in, night out thing with with Tillman. Um, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be rough. I mean, you it feels like they're gonna be forced if if they are gonna feel like they need to go all in for the season, they're gonna be forced to deal for somebody. Like they're gonna have to get Capella or somebody. Rob like that. Williams. Is Rob Williams gettable? Is like that? Is that a real thing? Because like you hear different, you hear different things. Like coming out of Portland, it's like no, 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 we want to keep him. Um, I don't know. I just I, I, he is on a reasonable deal, and he is used to coming off the bench, which he did in Boston. Yeah, but you do just wonder long term. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good center rotation with Aiton and Rob Williams yeah. compared to a lot of the other teams in the league. But at the same time, like if they could get some nice picks back for him, I, I just find it hard to believe they wouldn't be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And a team like the Grizzlies might be desperate enough to give them two firsts for Rob Williams. Wob Williams. Wob. Rob <laughs> Williams. Uh, we got, dude, we got Houston Orlando tonight. Yeah, Houston Orlando is, is one that I kind of have circled as a sicko. Two of our tank brothers. Yep. Battling it out. Uh, I also am very interested to see. I, I was texting with you the, the everything that's coming out of Detroit is yeah. seems awful. Yeah, it like does. Bogdanovich, who I almost took in our fantasy league because I was like, "Well, he hasn't played in preseason. They're just getting him ready for the season. This team desperately needs th- a three point shooter. He's that. Now he's not even getting evaluated for another four weeks. Yeah, uh, Monty Morris is out." I am. I, I think this could get ugly early. I mean, Cade needs to take the jump immediately, which he was not doing in preseason. No, he did not look awesome. I mean, I just by how they looked in preseason, like J Dub looked so much better than Cade. Yeah. Like I, so I I'm interested in that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard finding like the game I'm least interested in would probably be like Cleveland Brooklyn, maybe. I'm kind of intrigued by that. I mean, Hawks Hornets is definitely like Hawks Hornets. Yeah, return of Lamelo. Uh, I mean, Lamelo versus Trey is actually kind of interesting. So, Wiz Pacers, Minnesota Toronto. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Wiz Pacers. I, I mean, I I want to see it all. You can't watch it. All, I know. But I want to see it all. It's going to be. There will eventually be bad games. It will happen. the The good thing about the start of the season is that every fan base has convinced themselves that they're good. Like every single fan base. I think this year, like I think you can say with some certainty that every single fan base thinks that they're improved and are going to be better. Well, now that you pick the Wizards as the surprise team with the lowest over under, I mean, that would be the only team I would think that would have a fan base that's ready to lose. And you were like, no, nope. you're going to win 35 games. Sorry, again. guys, you're going to win 35 games. I feel really bad about that after doing it. <laughs> I'm going to blame. <laughs> I'm going to blame the Z Pack on that one. Um, do you wish you do you wish you had gone back to Portland because I know they were your, your no other main team, or no would you have I gone don't somewhere feel, else I feel less good about that one 
I just the Chauncey the Chauncey thing is is the reason why because I I do think that in order to be a surprise team you need to have a good coach, and I just like the Chauncey thing scares me too much. Yeah, I just I don't know. And then I just the guys that are their vets, just a lot of them get hurt. You know, like I would not like. Would you be surprised if Brogdon played twenty games for them? Do you wish you had jumped on the Blaze? Uh, I mean, the uh, Spurs bandwagon with me. Um, a little bit. They're getting some hype. They've looked pretty good. They just have to win so many games. That was the other thing with all the other teams. <laughs> they went. They have to win so many games. And that's why I felt most I, comfortable I, with the Wizards because that you just don't have to win that many games. I mean, it's a lot. Thirty-five is a lot for a team like that. But it's you're still saying like a lottery team, where the others it's it's almost certainly that they're competing for the play-in. You know? I like the quote from uh, Steve Kerr, though, about Pop saying he's bouncing off the walls. He's so happy. <laughs> he's ready to win. That's what I, that's what I want to see from my surprise team. I want a 70-year-old man bouncing off the walls. He's just bouncing off the walls, yeah. We've got uh, James Harden back at practice, ready for the season opener now. Yeah, we'll see. Uh that makes that first game really interesting. If he did play against the Bucks on Thursday, I mean yeah. that is that is pretty interesting. Seventy sixers, Bucks, That's pretty juicy. Suns, Lakers, will be interesting too. LeBron versus KD. KD looked not awesome last night. You, I thought he looked good. He what did you like about KD? He just, I mean, he didn't shoot the ball very well. Yeah, but whatever. I thought he looked. I thought he looked all right. He just he wasn't. If I were them. I was more worried, even though he did have the two threes late. But Eric Gordon looked as old as I've ever seen him, which he is—he was as old as I've ever seen him last night. He's older he than looked, we've ever watched him. <laughs> than we've ever watched him before. Yeah, um, yeah he, he was a little concerning to me. Yeah, he looked uh, Grace Grayson Allen, who I've just never... I mean, who, Dude, he who, was who's, so a, bad. Who's, a, who's a Grayson Allen fan? Nobody. He was so bad. He was so, 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 so bad. Yeah, so even though there were highlights off their bench, I mean, Watanabe had a nice game. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Goodwin was was solid. Man, we didn't even get to see Chemezi Metu or Keita Bates-Giop. I was, I was promised that these guys were just steals. That Bam. is true, especially Keita Bates-Giop. Yeah. People, he, people were saying some things. Oh, I, I, think, I, read, I think I read 2,000 words from John Hollinger on Keita Bates-Giop. I, I do think, though, like, if Beal's healthy... I think there's enough there night to night for them to find the pieces to make their bench work. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not locked in. I don't think they have a locked in eight man rotation, but I think there's enough there if Beal's healthy. Um, I just think they really yeah, I mean, lack somebody that gets downhill. That's the thing. Because Beal's not that either. They just have a lot of guys that do the kind of the same thing where, I mean, who who is the player that gets downhill to the hoop? Uh... Josh Okogie. <laughs> yeah, no, not him either. They don't have anybody. <laughs> yeah, no. They don't have anybody. Uh, and now Drew are Eubanks you saying, are you is being, they're being to... investigated for Drew Eubanks. I know, that that's pretty funny because I, do they have seconds uh, to I don't lose? Know. That's a good question. Would they would just be like, you know what, we'll just cut Drew Eubanks, it's okay. <laughs> He's the Shaq of Troutdale. <laughs> I kind of like... Eubanks, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player, but the fact that they're uh, being investigated for that, 
It's like go back and just look at all the scheduled Shams and Woj tweets and like pick somebody else. <laughs> pick somebody that has yeah. more impact on the league than Drew Eubanks. I mean, come on. I mean, that's absurd. That's just insane to me. Yeah, the Suns kind of need a Kogi to be like a Lou Dort and not just defensively, which he, he he's a really good defensive player. Yeah. But like they kind of need him to, I mean, he took nine shots last night. They kind of need that from Josh Kogi. Like, if good. you had a player really like Lou Dort, who you could count on to be offensively involved every night, like that, that is kind of what they need. Yeah. Yeah. A Kogi. And maybe a Kogi can be that, but yeah. I also don't think he's going to be averaging 17 points a night. No. I mean, definitely not. Yeah. And Durant will be better. Durant was a seven of 22, 18 points on 22 shots. I mean, that's not Durant. Hey, are you uh, are you embarrassed at all for giving up on um, my guy Moses Moody? Uh, Did I give? I mean, it's Moody season. He he looked good. Uh, he looked pretty good. You were doubting him. You were doubting him. Now you also were doubting James Wiseman. Probably correct on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they're they they look fine. Like they don't look like they're he and Kaminga don't look like they're ready to like take over or anything. But they look fine for their first regular season no. game. They're also like playing against Yuta Watanabe and old Eric Gordon and guys like that. Like, let's see them play. How dare, you? Some, How dare you? Let's see them play somebody real. Let's see them play the Thunder. Like the, thund- like the Thunder's bench. Yeah. <laughs> People are saying, th- like, I get this question a lot. Is Are the Thunder the deepest team in the league? I think they are theoretically the deepest team in the league, but the problem is that there's so many unanswered questions with the bench. Like, we all love Oos. Like, we like him. We think he's going to be good. Is Usman Jang actually going to be good this year? Like, is he actually going to be a good NBA player this year? I just don't think we know that yet. I don't think that we have, like, solidified that, yes, he's going to be really good. I think, yeah, I think most likely he won't be. I mean, I think I think yeah. it would be pretty incredible if Us after that rookie season, comes into his second year as a positive NBA player. I mean, I think that's a huge jump to make. Yeah. I mean, off the bench, the guys that I... That for I, me, it's just... Well, I was just going to say, the guys off the bench that I feel like I know, like without a doubt, I know are going to be good. K. Rich, Isaiah Joe, J. Will, and then maybe Wiggs. That I like know for sure that I think you can put in the game and that are going to be good. Like I, I think yeah. Casey Wallace and Vava are going to be good. But we don't know. Like we don't know. For sure that they're going to be good yet. We don't know it yet, and we don't know that like Bertans is like playable, you know, f- for sixty games this year. We don't know he wasn't for Dallas last year. We don't know that Oos is that. That's that's my thing. Is like I I get where everybody's coming from on that question, and I don't think it's invalid, but it's taking a jump where to a place where we haven't been yet to be able to say. Well, even- even someone like Jay will like I buy him in specific contexts, but like if he's not shooting the three ball like he was last year, if that dips, yeah, I, true, I think true, he, that becomes a lot more that becomes a lot bigger of a question. It does. I just think he provides a lot of other stuff. Like I think he knows how to defend. He can be like a little mini hub with like the DHO stuff and like the passing that he provides. I think he's a good defender. Like I think he he provides more stuff than just the shooting, but. If he did shoot it well, it would it would make me feel a lot better about like the bench overall. If he could come off the bench yeah. and shoot like even like thirty five percent from three, 
on like a decent enough volume. Like you feel good. You would feel good about that with him. And the shot did look good in the preseason. So you just hope that he can come back um, soon and play. Cause I do think he's kind of a big guy in the rotation for them. Literally. Literally one of the only big guys in the rotation. Uh, According to basketball reference, who is the heaviest player on the team? Well, I'm guessing it's not Jay Will because that would seem too obvious. Um, heaviest player is it? Is it Kenrich? No, Kenrich is two ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players or seven players are heavier than he is, according to Basketball right, well, Reference. He's huge in my mind. Apparently, <laughs> he is three hundred pounds in my mind. <laughs> Uh, is it is it Sar? Sar is number two at two thirty seven. He is the okay, and I, he and Poku and Chet are all listed at seven feet. Uh, so is, is it Jay Will? It is Jay Will two forty. Oh okay, yeah two forty. Okay, number so three, a surprise, Keontae Johnson at two thirty. Wow, at six five. Yeah, thick thick. That is he might huge. He might have thick daddy status, honestly. Like he's pretty big. Yeah, although he's more like ripped than when I think of thick daddies, I think of like a, a Ray Felton, where you're yeah. a little more uh plushy. But uh Deontay Burton was more ripped and he was a thick daddy. But he also just had like a Lego. <laughs> you head. say that like <laughs> like it was definitely decided. It you was know, like Deontay Burton, I mean he was thick, but he also he was a thick daddy. <laughs> He was. He was. Uh, Bertans, 225. Uh, Jang. Yeah, I mean, he's a big dude. Jang, 216. Dort, 215. Lindy, 215. Ooh, that's surprising. Yeah. All heavier than Kenrich. All heavier than Giddy. That's interesting. Chet. (laughs) Chet coming in at 195. Poku coming in at 190. Okay. Didn't Poku gain some weight? Are these up to date? I don't know. This is all basketball. This is basketball reference. <sighs> Somebody in the comments, tell us how much Poku weighs. One ninety seems light. That's gonna seem light, for especially seven, for a guy so sturdy. He is sturdy. All right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's a sturdy with those man. legs. He's got to weigh more than one ninety now. You would think so. I think he weighs one ninety just in his just in his trunk. I, mean, yeah, I agree. That's that's my thought. I need to find the uh, what the, what they gave us on media day where it lists. Oh, hey, before before we go, mm-hmm. uh, new eateries at yeah. the arena. Yeah, I was a little. I was supposed to go to that event. I was a little disappointed. I didn't get to make it. Um, but yeah, they hosted an event last night for media and partners or something. I don't know where you get to um, get to. S- uh, try all the arena food and we've got like actual local businesses now occupying spaces there which is great it's great okay I found the training camp yeah roster. we got Empire which is like Empire Slices oh okay good it's awesome yeah, let's go through these let's go through all these weights you again. want to talk about weight this is the season preview podcast <laughs> J Will 250 how you weigh J Will 250 Woo! let's go SAR 240 this is way right. basketball reference is way off, way 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 off. 
Poku two twenty. Poku two twenty. That can't, okay. Well, that seems too much in the other direction. That's a thirty pound. Maybe basketball references just from their his rookie season or something. Yeah, maybe so. Two twenty pounds. Is insane. Lindy's down to one ninety eight. Oh wow! Yeah, I hope he's okay. He's a big weight <laughs> loss. Everything okay? Yeah, yeah. Poku two twenty is pretty wild to me. That that gets that gets me hyped about the uh, Chet Poku pairing. Yeah. If if Poku genuinely mm-hmm. can just be sturdy, yeah, under the rim, and I'm serious. I'm not making fun of you. I'm serious. If he can just be sturdy under the rim. It feels and then like you have making Chet. Still, but it's a nope. keep going. Chet coming in for those weak side blocks, it could work. It he could and work. Dor- he and Dort are now listed at the same weight. Dort and Poku. Dort and Poku. Yeah, that'd be a fun tug of war. I think Dort would win so fast. Dort would definitely win so fast. I think fast. being lower to the ground is helpful in tug of war. I think so too. Also, just being only made of muscle <laughs> helps in tug of war as well. Dort is so strong. He's absurdly strong. Um, okay, I'm very excited for tonight. It's going to be a great night of basketball. We have Thunder basketball. Somebody asked in the chat, what would it take for us to have an emergency pod after tonight's Oh, that's game? a great question. Um, well, I won't say the bad outcomes. Yeah, don't, don't, they're probably there. don't, don't outcomes. even, don't even, I would not, we would not, we would not do it. We would not do it. We would have a literal emergency pod. Yeah. Um, okay. Good things. I mean, if, if someone on this team scored 50, if somebody gave us a 50 ball, we would definitely do an emergency pod. I feel like that would be worthy. Chase first, right? Uh yeah 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 if if they set the record, the reverse record that they set by losing to the Grizzlies a few years ago, emergency yeah. pod. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they like what about absolutely Chet? destroyed what if, the Bulls. What if Chet scores thirty or more and he just looks like he's ready to just kill? <sighs> I don't know if just... that's emergency pod. Seriously. I mean, I'd be willing to do it, but it, it's not. I don't think it's automatic. I think you. I think you would be pumped and jacked. Like if the if the Thunder won by fifteen and Chet scores thirty, mm. he's dunking on. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I do it. I said I'd do it. You don't seem excited but to do it. I I wouldn't be the one initiating. I wouldn't say I would. I would initiate. I would initiate emergency pod mode. Uh, if there was a fight, there's a fight. Yeah, if there's a fight and Chet's involved and Poku's involved. Poku, Vooch, and Chet just rumble. We'd pro- yeah, we'd go live during the game. Okay. Yeah. That that's fair. To break down the fight. That's fair. Um what else? What about I mean, a Poku? What about a Poku lob to Chet alley oop? Poku to Chet alley oop. Would we emergency pod for that? If you want to do like a two-minute pod. Okay, we'll do a two-minute pod guaranteed if there's a Poku Chet alley-oop either way. Either way. Wow, okay. <laughs> what 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 else would cause us to press the emergency pod button? I mean, any you mentioned Chet having 30. And I guess I wouldn't say emergency pod just because that actually doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. Uh, like it, it would be amazing. But it wouldn't blow me away if you had that type of game from like a Oos, or if like Casein Wallace had like he had in his first preseason yeah. game where he hit like <laughs> six threes. Yeah, 
uh, that might get me excited enough just because that would feel like out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah. For, for the, uh, I mean, yeah. If Usman Jang scores 30 <laughs> in any game this season, it's emergency pod time. We're we'll have an emergency on. pod? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would have to be like for Shea, the, the threshold is a 50 piece. For what about for Dub? Like, would he have to score forty for us to do it? Does, is his threshold forty and not thirty? Yeah, it's a, at least forty. Okay, so J- Dub I don't is, even know if he has, he has he scored thirty before. Um, that's a good question. Look I don't it, know off the top of my head. Look it up. Picklefish one two three says a uh, Chet triple double with blocks. Uh, Chet triple double with blocks. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. J Dub has scored thirty twice. Okay, yeah, that seems right. Yeah, that that wouldn't get me there. Uh, I'd be very excited though. Be very excited to do the Friday podcast if he did that. But if he scored forty, like, emergency pod, game winner from anyone, game winner, emergency pod, definitely. Although we say that, and I'm pretty sure Shea had a game winner against the Hornets a few years ago. He did. Wasn't that game one? He did, but we didn't want them to win. Oh, and that's why we didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. It would have been it was like a dark times. Yeah, dark it, times. Yeah, we were just like, wait, what? No, like that's cool, but no. <laughs> you know, couldn't even celebrate. It's kind of how we felt. <laughs> like, good job, but stop doing that. <laughs> like, that's not what we want for this team this year, Shay. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I think that's. I think that's good. Giddy to like Giddy. Giddy's only scored thirty once, and he did it in the play-in game. So I would like, say, oh, like well, it, I said, I said 2020, 2020, 2020. for yeah. Giddy. If he, he matched Russ. Okay. Fair. That's fair for Giddy. Honestly, not, I mean, it is crazy, but with the lack of big men, Giddy is like one of the most important rebounders, arguably, if not the most, I mean, Chet's a really good rebounder, but like Giddy is such an important rebounder well, for this he team. The, he led the team in bounds last year. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's so, it's extremely important for him to to grab those bounds. Th- there's a scenario in his career where he could potentially have a 2020-20. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's probably not going to happen this season, but one one day it could happen. Yeah, definitely could happen. And it might uh, it might ben be Simmons more of like a, fifty tonight. We'll have emergency pod. Who? Ben Simmons. Ben, oh yeah, Ben Simmons has like we're 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 doing a marathon emergency pod, and we're gonna we're gonna podcast for Slam and Jam until Friday, if he does that. And we're gonna it's gonna be all fake Ben Simmons trades trying to get him to OKC. We have to have the Benazons in OKC. We How many picks will it take for for Presti to bite on Ben Simmons? Do we have to give up both uh, J Dub and Giddy to get him here? I think Who you got to do it. Who knows? You got to do it. You got to do what you got to do to get Ben Simmons on your roster. Uh, okay. Uh, hopefully, we'll see. We'll talk to you guys tonight after one or multiple of these things happen. But if not, uh, we will talk to you guys again on Friday.